I think it is worthwhile. Okay, let's get going. So today's daf is daf chaf, page 20, in Meseches Moed Kotam. Okay? Now, we got up to daf chaf amad aleph, and we got up to kvaro shlosha yamim besof harego. I believe that's where we stopped. The word kvaro is the last word, three lines from the top. That's where we got up to. Okay? Now, before we start, it's worthwhile spending a minute or two really getting some clarity as to what's happening. We ran through the end of, of yesterday's daf just because we were short on time. So just want to give a little prep and, and explain what's happening over here. Give, share some information. Many of us are familiar that after somebody loses a, a close relative, what's known as the Sheva Kravim, the seven relatives. Who are the seven relatives? Mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter, wife. Okay? Married wife. Somebody you're married to, not an ex. Okay. If any one of these seven relatives pass away, a person enters a state of avelis, a state of mourning. Now, a father and mother is the highest level of mourning. As we know, when it comes to father and mother, we have a level called yurbeis chodesh. There's mourning for a full 12 months. Many of us are familiar with this. There's another level of mourning, a higher level of mourning that takes place during Shloshim, the first 30 days. There's an even higher level of mourning that is called Shiva, which is the first seven days. Now listen closely. What we touched on at the end of yesterday's daf was that even during Shiva, there are categories. The Gemara later on in the Masechta, on Daf Chav Zayin, the Gemara lets us know that even during Shiva, the first three days of Shiva are the most severe. Severe meaning the Gemara is going to let us know that for the first three days you cry and for the, and for the rest of the Shiva you give hespedim. Meaning the highest level of grief is during the first three days of a Shiva. In addition to that, ready for this? What we're going to learn on today's daf is that even within the three days of crying, the first day, that's the most. Okay, the first day is actually the really, according to uh, the Rambam, is the only day that's a biblical morning. Is the day of the burial, day number one when there's when there's burial. Amen, Avelos. That is the only day where there's biblical morning, according to the Rambam. So what we just broke down was again. In, in mourning, there's Shiva for all seven relatives. There's Shleishim. There's Yud Beis Chaydash. Now, Yud Beis Chaydash doesn't necessarily apply to all seven relatives, but those are three categories. And what we just explained is, during the Shiva, there's even categories of the first three, day, first three days and the very first day. Okay, so what we touched on towards the end of yesterday's daf is that what happens if somebody loses a loved one of, within a, right before the Yom Tif. So we know La Halacha, even if you sit Shiva for one minute, the Yom Tif stops the Shiva. It breaks it and you now enter the laws of Shloshim. Okay? Um, the other opinion was that you need to have three days, other ones you need to have two days. That all stems from what we just explained. That since there's a higher level of grief during the first three days, if you, don't, if you never had that high level, it's like your Shiva never fully started, so to speak. And therefore, you're going to have to do more, uh, more afterwards. Okay. 
So yesterday we ended off again talking about when the burial happens before Yom Tif. Let's get into this. We're now up to the word Kvaro. Kvaro Shlosha Yamim Besof Harega. If a loved one, a relative, is buried on the Yom Tif, the third to last day of Yom Tif, what do we do then? Maina Shiva Acharega. You have a complete Shiva. After the Yomtif, because since Shiva never started, the Yomtif does not cancel it, and you're just waiting. We're just waiting to start the Shiva. Ah, you're going to say, if Yomtif stops it, you know, uh, maybe if, if you're buried on Yomtif, it shouldn't even start ever. No. Yomtif stops it, but if the burial happens on Yomtif, the Shiva is just like waiting, okay? Waiting to start. And you have a full Shiva afterwards. But interestingly, listen to this. Even though there's a full seven days of sitting Shiva, the first four days only after the Yom Tif, people come and they involve themselves with the mourners. But the last three days, people do not come to be Menachem Avel. Because they were already with him on Yom Tif for three days. This is fascinating. The laws of Shiva didn't start. But you had people with you, comforting you, because they knew you had a loss. So that counts for three days of the Menachem Avel. Then you have four more days of Menachem Avel, but you're still sitting Shiva for three days after people are stopping to be Menachem Avel. Yeah, it is fascinating. Okay. Now, now the Gemara gets to its point, which is, Viregel Ola Lo. The Yomtif, even though there's no actual laws of mourning on the Yomtif, the days of Yom Tif count towards Shleishim. Shleishim means 30 days of mourning. What happens if you have eight days of Pesach? A guy was sitting Shiva for four days before Pesach. And now on Pesach, the Shiva stops. Do I say that you cannot count the eight days of Pesach, or seven days we'll call it, Midaraisa, towards your Shleishim because you didn't, you, you didn't mourn at all? Ask the Gemara, I'm sorry, not ask. The Gemara makes a, makes a point. And the Gemara says, The Yom Tif counts as part of the Shalishim, even though you're not actively mourning. My Lava Seifa, isn't this going on the Seifa, meaning we're talking, a play, uh, we're talking about where somebody died and was buried on Yom Tif, and we still see that a Yom Tif is not, that over here, uh, it's counted towards the Shleishim, says Gemara, it's going on to when the burial took place before the Yom Tiv. Memela, you started the Shiva, and since you already started the Shiva, the, the Yom Tiv counts towards Shleishim, but perhaps when you buried on the Yom Tiv itself, maybe the Yom Tiv will not count towards the Shleishim. Pause. Period. Pause. Let's talk for a minute. Let's talk for a minute. And this is where we pointed out at the, at the end of yesterday a fascinating idea. I want to I wanna introduce this with an, with an interesting question for everybody. Ready? Listen closely. <clears throat> Can you make Havdalah before Kiddush? That's my question. Can you make Havdalah before Kiddush? And many of you are sitting here thinking, what are you talking about? How can you make Abdullah before Kiddush? So listen to this story that happened. Maisa Shehoya. Here's the story that happened in the IDF. Okay, here's what happened. A group of soldiers were sent out Friday afternoon. To the, there was a, they were put on alert and they were sent out to protect. 
They come back about 2 a.m. They conk out. Conk out. It's, Sh- it's Shabbos. This is Friday. They're sent out Friday afternoon. They come back 2 a.m. Friday. They conk out. They don't make Kiddush. They don't eat the suit. They're tired. They've been out fighting for the past 11, 12 hours protecting Klal Yisrael. These great Sadiqim, right? So it's, it's 2 a.m. Fall asleep. They sleep. The, the guy falls asleep. Listen to what happens. It's my shoyas. The soldier falls asleep 2 a.m. He wakes up at 9 a.m. when there's another alert that he has to run out to. It turns out that it was an unnecessary alert. He's back in his bunk 45 minutes later and he falls back asleep. Falls back asleep. It's now 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And he wakes up. Why does he wake up? Because they're told that in a half hour, in a half hour, there's going to be um, some sort of uh, uh, lineup. Eh? They need to make sure they have whatever they have. I'm not sure what was happening. And therefore, he thinks to himself, he's a, he's a Shomer Shabbos soldier. Okay, this happened. Shomer Shabbos soldier. He thinks to himself, it's already 5 p.m. The halacha is that really Havdalah is supposed to wait till after Shabbos, but Peshat Satchak, in strenuating circumstances, you're allowed to make Havdalah after Plag HaMincha. Now you're not allowed to light a candle, but you're allowed to make the blessing on the coast. As long as after Plag HaMincha, an hour and a quarter before Halachic sunset, you're allowed to make Havdalah. So he thinks to himself, I don't know how long I'm going to be out. I wasn't Zochet to make Kiddush or even, I haven't eaten, but... I'm going to make Abdullah. I don't know what time I'm coming back. See, see, he makes Abdullah. Okay. They have their lineup. And afterwards, they're told that, uh, I'm sorry, sorry they, they, had what, they did whatever they needed to do. And afterwards, they were told they can go back to their bunks. They can go back to their barracks. So this guy looks at his watch and he sees it's not yet Shkia. He has a break. He already made Abdullah. But he's not allowed to eat without Kiddush. The problem is he made Abdullah. Can you make Kiddush after you already made Abdullah? I already said Shabbos is over. How You go ahead, you make Kiddush. You're sanctifying Shabbos after you already made Abdullah. Sounds crazy. So that was his Shaila. You hear what happened? The guy hadn't eaten. The soldier hadn't eaten in 24 hours. He's too busy, too much going on. He conked out, sleeping out. Boom, boom, boom. He made Abdullah, now he wants to know if he can make Kiddush and eat. Okay, he wasn't sure, so he did not, because he didn't know whether he could, whether he needed to make Kiddush, he just didn't eat till Shabbos was over. That's what he did, tzaddik of a guy. And then he sent his shayla to his rav, and his rav answered in beautiful fashion, that of course in the future you're allowed to make Kiddush after Havdalah. Because Kiddush and Abdullah are the exact same thing. It's the exact thing. It's not a contradiction. It's not a hypocrisy. It's not a tarti desashri. When you make Abdullah, you know what you're saying? There's a difference between Kodesh and Chol. Between Holy and the Mundane. When you make make Kiddush, you're saying there's a separation between the Holy and the Mundane. One is going into Shabbos, one's coming out of Shabbos. But Abdullah and Kiddush, in essence, are not really a contradiction. We're just used to 
having Kiddush before Avdallah, but he said, tells him in the future, you absolutely, you made Avdallah, you absolutely can make Kiddush afterwards. Okay, interesting question. What does that have to do with our Gemara? Not much, other than the following point. Okay, I shared that all for the following point, which is, in our minds, the way that mourning works is that there's Shiva, followed by Shloshim, followed by the 12 months. That's what we're familiar with. What the Gemara here wants to say, okay, what the Gemara wanted to point out is that maybe if somebody's buried on a yomtif, the Shiva waits, but I already start my 30-day count. Why? Because anyway, what's Shloshim? Says Rashi, you're not allowed to bait, you're not allowed to take a haircut, you're not allowed to do laundry. I don't do that on a yomtif either. I'm already not doing that. So I'm already keeping the laws of Shloshim. The laws of Shiva, tearing your garment, so on and so forth, sitting on the floor. You can't do that publicly on a holiday. So the Gemara wanted to know, Yehidus is beautiful. The Gemara wanted to know that if the, if the, the burial happened on the Yomtif, maybe I should already pre-count my Shloshim before my Shiva. Because those laws already started. Seder? That's, that's the, you know, that's the point the Gemara attempted to bring out. Here we go. Says the Gemara to challenge, um, to challenge our psak. Here we go. Okay, bottom line, the, what we just answered is that it doesn't work like that. We thought, perhaps, slow ship should come forward. Bottom line, it doesn't. Okay. Let's, uh, we gotta start moving here. Ace that's a challenging question. The Yom Tif counts towards the 30 days. Ketzad, what are we talking about? What's happening here? What's the story? You bury somebody, uh, uh, in the, um, d- uh, during the Yom Tif, okay, towards the beginning. So you have seven days of Shiva after Yom Tif. Even though you're sitting Shiva, we allow some leniencies. We allow other people to do your work for you. They can do things privately inside your house, even though if you yourself is a full-fledged Shiva, right? It's not a full-fledged Shiva. You, we'll give, you know, it's Shiva, but we give you some leniencies. We allow other people to work for you. People don't come because they already had seven days with you. And the Yomtif counts towards Shleishim. You see very clearly, the Yomtif counts towards Shleishim. And not, not otherwise. You hit us. According to this Brisa, you start counting your Shleishim before you start counting your Shiva. Unusual, like Avdallah before Kiddush. But it could work. Logically, it could work, says the Gemara. The Gemara says to Yofta, you're right. You're right. Boom. All right. According to what we're coming out with right now, when you bury somebody on a yomtif, you already you start your thirty day count from the yomtif. Fascinating. You're going to sit shiva afterwards. All right. Ki also Rav and Rav when Rav came to uh, from Eretz Yisrael, he said in the name of Rav Yechanan, the Godel of Eretz Yisrael, Afiluk Farei Beregel. Even if you bury him on the regel, it counts towards the shleishim. The days of yomtif count towards shleishim. And Rebbe Lazar told his son Rebbe Pedas that even if a, whenever a burial happens on a yomtif, you already start counting the 30 days of Shleishim. Period. End of that discussion. Okay. Here we go. Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. If a person already sat Shiva for three days, Prior to the Yamtif. You don't need to go back to Shiva after Yamtif. You sat Shiva three days for the Yamtif, you don't need to do four more days 
when Yom Tif is over, Divi Rebbe Eliezer, this is the opinion of Rebbe Eliezer. Pretty straightforward. In other words, you're done. Three day, as long as you are three days before the Yom Tif, you're done. The Chamim say, which is the Halacha, Halacha Lamaisa, Bregla Halacha, the Chamim say, if you sat Shiva for a minute, and now it's Yom Tif, you're completely done with Shiva. You don't need three days. Amr of Lazar Reb Shimon, Reb Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon, says, Hain Hain Divrei Beishamai, Hain Hain Divrei Beisilel. These are the words of Beishamai and Beisilel. Shab Beisilel, Ayim Shlash Yom. The first opinion is Beishamai, Ayim Shlash Yom. Beishamai says you need three days of Shiva in order for the, um, in order for the Yom Tif to cancel it out. But still, Ayim Rafili Yom Echad, even for one day. Amr Avun, Amr Avchia Bar Abba, Amr Rev Yechanan. And some people say, was talking to and If you sit Shiva even for one day, or even for one moment of the day, that suffices as a full-fledged Shiva. Rava argues, says, no, you need at least three days before the regal of Shiva in order for Shiva to totally cancel it out. And if you don't, Sit for three days, then you're going to have to finish it up after the Yom Tif. Ravina Ikla the Sura Lepdas. Ravina came to this to the city <coughs> of Sura, which sat by the Peras, the Euphrates River. Amar Le Rav Chaviva the Ravina and Rav said Ravina Hilchasamai. What is the halacha when a burial takes place before Yom Tif about Yom Tif canceling it? Amar Le the halacha is Afilu Yaimach Afilu Shachas. Beautiful. Even if you sit Shiva for one minute before Yom Tif, it counts and the Shiva is over. By the way, I just had this, uh, when was this? Two weeks ago, um, at one of the Levias that we were doing, it took place very, very close to Shkia. We mamish finished the interment just a couple minutes before Shkia. So as soon as we did the interment, I instructed the mourners to go to the curb sit down on the curb and have somebody say, this way, you got one minute in, this could count as day one of your shiva. Because if they were to wait till they got home without sitting shiva, their shiva is going to, the next day is going to be their first day. So this doesn't only have practical ramifications when we're coming into a yamtif of one minute. This can have a very practical ramification when you, again, you understand what I'm saying? You have a funeral towards the evening. It's important that the mourners sit for at least a day or uh, for at least a minute or two to show, to symbolize the morning. And now you could count that as, as uh, an entire day. And the next day is already going to be day number two. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to just let us know how do we, you know, we said there's Shiva, there's seven days, there's 30 days, there's a year. It's very gishmak how, where all the sources are for seven days throughout Tyra. The sources in Tyra for all three, it's, even though they're not all Daraisa, but there's, there's psukim that hint to these halachas. Over here, we're going to, the Gemara is now going to get into where do we know Shiva from? Yosef Rav Chia Bar Abba, Rav Ami, Rav Yitzchak Navcha, Akila, Derav Yitzchak Ben Ilazar. This is so beautiful. Rav Yitzchak Bar Abba and Rav Ami and Rav Yitzchak Nafcha. Three big tzaddikim. Paint a picture in your mind. Paint a picture. Yeah, what were they doing? Yosef, they were sitting around and they were schmoozing. Three gedalim, they're relaxing. They're relaxing out on the killer, on the, uh, you know, on the front porch, whatever you want to call it, of Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Abba Lazar. They're relaxing together. 
So what happens? Nafak milsa beinayu. Fascinating expression. Nafak milsa means it came up in conversation. Minayin la'avela shiva. What's taka the source? That the first stage of mourning lasts for seven days. Okay, why is this so precious? Why am I focusing so much on the situation? What, what are we learning from this? We're learning from this that when Yidin sit around and they hang out together, this is what we discuss. Not Avelus, <laughs> not a good idea. But we discuss things that are productive, things we're interested, curious, halacha, no, share a dvar share something that we could learn and give me a good maisa, a good story, right? They're sitting around like, hey, you know, let's, uh, what's the source? It's a, and the reason why I'm focusing, the Gemara uses these interesting words. They were, they were sitting, and like it, it came up a conversation. Like this is the type of conversation a yid is supposed to have, you know? How do you know it's seven days? I will turn your yomtiv into mourning. Just like a yomtiv lasts seven days. So to mourning lasts seven days. Says the Gemara, one second, how many holidays are there? Pesach, how long's Pesach? Seven days. What about Sukkot? How long's Sukkot? Seven days. Shavuos. How long Shavuos? One day. So if you're going to turn a Chag into Avelos, maybe it means Shavuos. And there's only one day of Avelos. Maybe only should sit, uh, you know, the first level is only a one day Shiva. It wouldn't be called Shiva, but it would be called Echada, uh, you know. Echad, that's it. Achaz. Says the Gemara, Ahumi Lakish. Shavuos is needed for Yishlagish, Dhamma Yishlagish, Bishim reviewed in Nesiyah, Minayin Lishmur Rechaika, Shina Heges Ali Yemechad, Tirsev Afakta Chagechem Le'ebal, Ba'ashkan Atzeres, Tikri Chad, Yuma Chag, period. Says the Gemara something so, so fascinating, which was so, so common up until 60 years ago. What's the Gemara saying? There's a fascinating halacha, we're going to get into this. Okay, this, we're going to get into this, this is the next part, the next b'risa. Up until now, we're dealing with situations where the family is present at the death. Now, it wasn't rare for people, back then families kind of lived near each other. But it wasn't rare for somebody to move out of town. Moving out of town meant you don't know when you're ever seeing your family members again. So what happens if somebody's living somewhere and he gets word that his father died, he says, Oi, Baruch Dayanemus, when did my father die? And they tell him eight months ago. What's the status then? So we learn out from Shavuos that when you have a Shmur or a Choka, a news that came that there was a, a, to the distance, meaning there was a distant time ago, a while ago, there was a death, then the halacha is you sit shiva for one day. Okay? It's a one day shiva. Now we're going to get into how this all pans out. Let's learn this together. Tanra the rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis. If you have uh, the news soon, okay, soon after the death, there's shiva and shlesh. But if you hear the news later on, then there's only one day of mourning. What's considered now and what's considered the news later? Kraiva means you heard it within 30 days. If somebody gets news that is, that is close relative died, within 30 days of the death, you heard about it, you have a full shleishim, you have a full shiva and a full shleishim. Okay? Rechaika, what does rechaika mean? You heard it later on. It means the achar shleishim. 
You heard it after 30 days. Dibir Rabbi Akiva, that's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. The Chum say, no, listen to this. No matter when you hear the news, guess what? It's called news. What does the word news come from? It's new. If it's new to me, I now need to sit a full shiv and a full shlashim. It could be two years later, say the Chachamim. As soon as you hear a person's close relative passed away, you start your shiva, you start your shlashim. Whenever you find an individual being makel, being lenient, and you find the rabbim, you find most of the Chachamim being machmir, halachic rabbim. We follow the Chumrah, Chutz Mizu, except for this halacha, because you know what the halacha is by Yishmur Rechaika, when you hear news later on, Sha'af Pisha Bekiva, make even though the Bekiva is lenient over here, Bechom Machmirim, the sages who are the majority, Argonim, Halacha Grabi Akiva, Dabar Shmuel, Halacha Kedibri HaMekel Be'eva. We always rely on the more lenient one when it comes to Hilchis Avelis. Unbelievable. Okay, let's get into some stories over here. All right, so Gemara at this point at least wants the Paskin. Um, that according to Rabbi Akiva, it's, um, if, if you hear it after 30 days, then you only have, uh, you're only going to have one day. You're not going to have a full Shiva and Shleishim. Here we go. Rabbi Hanina heard that his father died. He came in front of Rabbi He says, now, no, Rabbi what's the halacha? I just heard my father died. Your father died more than 30 days ago, and therefore you only have one day of mourning. Rav Nassim Barami also laid the Shmua the Imi Bechuzai. Rav Nassim Barami also similar story, except it was that his mother died. Also made the Rav. He came from Rav, and he asked the Shaila, "What do I do now? I'm I'm an Avil. What what do I do?" Amrulei, Harei Amru Shmua Rechayka and Hegas Aliyah Mechabova. We already passed like Rabbi Akiva that when you hear a report after 30 days. It's only, the halacha is, you have one day of mourning. Now I want us to keep in mind, one day also needs to be understood. Because remember, we learned that one day could be a very small amount of time. So when they, when they say one day of mourning, we're going to see soon, it really means a minute. A very short frame of time where you, you, sit, you, you, you uh, show Avelis, Vizahu, your yaitzahin, let's keep going. Eisvei, that's a challenging question. When do we say that when you hear the news later on, you only sit for one day? That's by the five Meisei Mitzvah. Now, according to this Brisa, the only time you sit Shiva for one day for a later on report is by a um, brother, sister, son, daughter, or wife. But by a father and mother, even if it's pushed off, you automatically have Shiva and Shleishim. And over here, his mother died. So why'd you say that he only has one day? It's his mother. He should sit a full Shiva. You're wrong. That that you sit for his for Shiva is Yechidah. We don't pass like that. We don't pass like that. Okay? We, he says, very nice. I appreciate that. But the halacha is that um, it's only one day if you heard the report later on. The Tani learned in a price. Maisa, there was a story. Rav Tzadik's father died in the city of Ginzak. 
and he heard about it three years later. Nobody traveled to his city from Ginzak for three years. So how's he supposed to hear about it? Tremendous, right? He's a big Talmud Chacham who became a tremendous Raja. Very often we don't even want to write his name. It's interesting here that we're writing his name. If they asked Elisha ben Avuah's kid if she even this kid were with him, they said Naig Shavu Shleishim that you do Shiva and Shleishim. Bukshemis benaisha Ravachia begayla and Ravachia's son died in the Gaila outside Eretz Yisrael, and it was heard about in her. So Yashav Alav Shavu Shleishim, you do sit a full Shiva and Shleishim. But now we got a problem. Says Gemara Ini. But one second, how how is that possible? Rav Barachuad Ravchia, but Rav, the nephew of yeah Barachuad Ravchia, Rav the nephew of Ravchia, he was the son of Ravchia's brother. Good, yeah, Rav Ravchia's nephew, Dehu Barachoseid Ravchia, he was also the son of Ravchia's daughter. Ki Solik Lahasam when he went up to Eretz Yisrael, Amar Lei Abakayim. He said, listen to the story, okay? He said, uh, Rav Chia says, no, how's your father doing? You hear this? He comes up and Rav Chia, the brother of his father, his father had died, but his uncle didn't know. So his uncle, he gives him a hug and he says, no, how's your father doing? Omar Lei, and he says, Ima Kayemes, you know, is my mother alive? Omar Lei, Ima Kayemes? Is your mother alive? Omar Lei, Abba Kayem, is my father alive? That's what he said. Now remember, we learned earlier, and we, this comes up throughout Shas, we find righteous people being very careful in how they share information. They don't want to say straight out Basuras Taivas, Basuras Rais, I'm sorry. They don't want to say out uh, bad news right away. We've shared previously a story. Uh, it's a joke, not a true story, it's a joke. All right, uh, there, there's a guy who's very, 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 very connected uh, uh, to his, to his uh, cat. He's very connected to his cat. And he doesn't, doesn't really have a life away from that doesn't doesn't really have a job. Doesn't have relationships or anything. He lives, he lives uh, with his mother, and uh, he's already getting on in years. And he's got his favorite cat. He lives with his mother and his favorite cat. So, one day his brother says, "Listen, you you gotta go out and see the world. Go get a, You're taking care of mom the whole day. You're taking care of the cat. Do me a favor. Let me take care of her. Let me take care of the cat. You go to Florida. Have a good time." Go. He says, no, I can't. He says, just leave it to me. You go. No, we'll be in touch. Okay. Convinces his brother to go down to Florida. So his brother goes down to Florida. And the first day he calls up, he says, no, how's the cat? He says, oh, the cat's doing great. Okay. Very nice. He's all excited. Second day vacation, he calls up. He says, brother, no, how's my cat doing? So he says, uh, I'm sorry to tell you. The, the cat wouldn't listen to me. He ran out into the street and got run over by a taxi. He's dead. So the brother in Florida says, what type of response is that? My, my, my beloved cat. You just tell me he runs out of the street. He's dead. Do you know how to share information? 
You gotta break it to me slowly. You, you gotta. You have to be gentle. He said, "What do you mean gentle?" He said, "How am I supposed to be gentle?" He says, "You know, you could tell me when I, you know, tell me. Uh, I say, how's the cat? He says, you know, the cat got stuck on the roof. I'm not sure how to get the cat down. I know there's already a problem, you know. And then uh, when I call back a little bit later, you'll tell me maybe the cat fell off the roof. You, you do it gently." He says, "Oh, you're right. I, I apologize. Okay, message message taken." Okay. The next day, the day number three, last day of his vacation, the brother calls and he says, no, my cat's gone. How's mom? His brother says, she's up on the roof. <laughs> oh, you think? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the nephew doesn't want to say, and rightfully so, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, rightfully so. He doesn't want to say his father passed away because he's talking to his father's brother. He says, my father, ask me about my mother. He says, how's your mother? He says, my mother, ask me about my father. Okay, fine. So, Amrle the Shamei, Rav said to his helper, to his assistant, he says, listen closely to these words. He says, take off my shoes that I'm wearing and walk behind me uh, and please carry my clothing to the bathhouse. You hear this? This should be very bothersome, this statement. His nephew just told him that his brother died. What does he tell his attendant? Take off my shoes and I'm going to take a bath. What's going on? Says the Gemara Precious. Listen here. Shemas minatlas. From this small phrase, we learn three powerful halachos. Shema mino, we learn first of all, avel oser a mourner should not be wearing shoes. That's why he asked his attendant to take off the shoes. Ushmas mino, we also heard, we also learn from here, shmua rechaika enenayhega That when you hear after 30 days, this was three years later, when you hear after 30 days, you only have one day of Avelus. Now this should still be tickling us. Where do you see one day of Avelus? Because here, this is where we hit part number three. And we learn from here, part of the day is like the whole day. See, here's what happened. This is amazing. Rav went ahead. He had his helper take off his shoes. He now sat Shiva for a minute. And then he says, take my clothes. I'm going to the bathhouse. To tell him, I'm a in Shiva. The Shiva is only for a little bit. That's considered a whole day. So now I can go take a bath. From this phrase, he's letting his nephew know all three halachas. That I'm obligated to sit Shiva. But that Shiva is only for a limited amount of time. Even though it's, 30, it's after 30 days later. Okay? So all these three are encompassed in that one phrase. But this leads us to an important question. And that is, one second, this was, um, why isn't he sitting a full shleishim? According to Reb Chia, that, um, uh, that you only need a little bit. Why before did he say you need shleishim? says, Gemara Reb Chia Lechud, Reb Achia Lechud. Different people, we misquoted. <laughs> There's difference between Reb Chia and Reb Achia, period. Okay, fine. But that question put aside, as far as the halacha, because this is all mamish halacha lemaisa. Yeah, when you when you you have the the report later on, the one day, and it's mixes ayam kikulai, all this stems from that one phrase. Okay, any questions? Any questions? Any clarification? 
Let's go weiter. Amar Rav Yaisi Baravin. Rav Yaisi Baravin says, Shama If a person hears that a close relative dies and it's on Yom Tif. Now, it's not like outside of 30 days. It's Kreva. It just happened. Somebody hears, he says, oh, your brother passed away. Okay? But by the time Yom Tif is over, it's now going to be the 31st day. Meaning, listen to this. Somebody walks over to, somebody walks over to Yankul. And they say, Yankul, your brother, uh, your, your brother died 29 days ago. Or, thir- you know, 30 days ago. Today's the 30th day. But it's Yom Tif. It's the last day of Yom Tif. Does he do anything? No. Now here's the problem. He's not going to do anything. But tonight, when, as soon as Yom Tif's over, it's the 31st day. So now it becomes a Shemua Rechoka. When you're going to start mourning, it's now outside of the 30 days. It's now a distant type of death. Okay? Interesting scenario. So the Rabbi Yaisi Baravin rules, he paskins, he says, The Yom Tif is included, and therefore you only have Yom Echad. You only have one day of mourning, meaning it's considered a Shmua Rechoka, a distant news. And the day that you heard it is, con- is not, ca- it's, it's like day number, th- the, last, the Yom Tif day. Last day of Yom Tif is counted as day 30. And it's a Shmua Rechaikah. There's one day of Shiva. Now this is so fascinating because what you learn from here is that knowing something is not enough. Just because you knew about it on day 30 doesn't make it a Shmua Kareva. It's when you start mourning about it that you're actually, when you do something is that it actually counts. I thought about doing it. I wanted to do it. I was at that. If you didn't do it, you didn't do it. That's it. Tony Ravada, the Ben Christian Kamaid Ravyechan Ravada of Kesaria, taught in front of Ravyechanan, Shama Shmua Kreva Bishabbos, Lamatsi Shabbos, Nasis Rechaika. Same scenario. If you heard about it, day 30 was the last day of, of uh, what was Shabbos. And after Shabbos, you're not allowed to mourn. After Shabbos, it's not going to be day 31. It's considered a Shmua Rechoka, a distant news, and you're only going to have one day of mourning. Now it's interesting that we're saying who he said it in front of. If you look at the names, Rav Adav Kesariah taught in front of Rabbi Yechanan. The reason why it's important to say who he taught in front of is to give it stickiness, right? It's to, in other words, to, 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 to latch on to something. It's a, it's a valid statement. It's a valid halacha because Rabbi Yechanan was there and listening to this. Kairei, uh, okay. When you hear outside of 30 days, of a relative's death. Do you tear Kriya or not? Rav Mani Omar, Rav Mani says, Ain't a Kriya. There's no Kriya. Rav Hanina Omar Kriya. Rav Hanina says, No, we do tear Kriya. Now, what's the Shaila about tearing Kriya? Let's get into this. Omri Rav Mani, Rav Hanina, Rav Mani, who says, You do not tear Kriya. Says Rav Hanina, who says, You do tear Kriya. Bishmalididi, it makes sense according to me. That mean in a Kriya. I hold there's no Kriya outside of 30 days. There's no reason to tear Kriya. You know why? Because you're not sitting Shiva. According to him, Kriya is directly connected to sitting a full Shiva. But according to you, you hold he, he does need to tear his clothing. Wherever do you find that you tear your clothing and don't sit Shiva? Show me. Says the Gemara. Um, show you? Oh, okay. <laughs> you're putting us up to a challenge? We'll show you. 
Valai? Really? According to you, there's no Kriya when there's no Shiva? What are you talking about? Vatani Isi Avuad Ravzera. Ravzera's father Isi taught. Some say it was Ravzera's brother who taught. In front of Ravzera. If a person does not have a garment that it's capable of being torn. What do you mean it's not capable of being torn? What's happening over here? It's not mine. I can't tear somebody else's clothing. I, bo- I, I borrow a shirt from somebody. I'm wearing a borrowed shirt. And I heard that a relative died. Am I allowed to tear somebody else's shirt? No. Right? You should know, practically speaking, Reb Robert, you're going to Eretz Yisrael. Right? Mertz Hashem, Bez Hashem. Hopefully we'll all be there together with you. But um, there are those that tear Kriya. Right? They tear their shirt when they come to the Kotel. But, and because of that, there are those that actually, the first time they go to the Kaisel, they make sure to wear a borrowed shirt. If they don't have a shirt that they're able to tear, they'll borrow a shirt from somebody else as like a loophole. And I really don't have a shirt to tear. I'll borrow the shirt wherever I'm staying or chves uh, from somebody else. And now they're wearing a borrowed shirt. I'm not allowed to tear it. And then the next time I come back to the Kotel, it's now my second time, so I don't need to tear Kriya. Right? So, this is interesting. Have, yeah, go ahead. Am I allowed to tear a shirt that say has outgrown? Or? Yes, yes, great question. Robert's asking, the shirt that you tear, does it have to be a shirt that you're currently wearing, it's a high quality shirt? No, it's actually recommended not to because of Baltashkis. Right? If you, the halacha, it, uh, it's actually recommended to not tear a high quality shirt because it's an unnecessary waste. Since according to halacha, you could tear at, you could tear uh, any shirt as long as it's a sign of mourning. So it actually would, uh, according to that logic, it's completely fine uh, to, to wear a shirt that's a little outgrown. Yeah, great, uh, great, great question. Okay. Um, okay. So he says the following. A person doesn't have a shirt to tear because it's borrowed. But then... It's possible he gets a shirt that he could tear. You have to tear it as long if you're during the days of Shiva. La Akhar Shiva, but if it's Shiva's over, in a Korea, you don't tear it. Only Ravzira Basray, Ravzira responded either to his father or his brother, whoever said it. By Medvaramurim, when is that true? Bahamisha may say mitzvah. That's by two that's why that's by brother, sister, son, daughter, or wife. Aval, Allah But if a person hears that their mother or father passed away, then even if it's after Shiva. You got to tear your garment. So it comes uh, according to this. You see very clearly that you can do Kriya even though there's no Shiva. Shiva's over. And now you got a shirt. You got to tear it. But there's no Shiva. <laughs> Boom. Says the Gemara. No, you don't have a question on me. He says, of money. You know why? That's by a mother and father. I agree. I'm talking about where else do you find not by a mother and father where you're going to tear without a Shiva. Okay. Tanrab, one of the rabbis, learned socially. Anybody who it says in the Torah that a Kohen um, is, has a mitzvah to become Tameh by being involved with them, so in Aval, a mourner is obligated to mourn Shiva over them. Now, who are these relatives that we are Metameh to, that we become impure, meaning we attend their funeral and their burial? Um, and we sit Shivan, Ve'iluhain, Ishto, a wife, Avivimo, father and mother, Achivacho, so brother and sister, Benobito, son and daughter, Haisifu Aleim, Achivachesia Besulam Imadacham added on that even a half brother from the mother and a 
um, and a half-sister from the mother who is a besula, who is a virgin, has, uh, has, has uh, not yet been, been uh, married, and a married sister, okay? either from the mother or the father. Okay, so they added in uh, on a rabbinic, in a rabbinic way, Midrabonon, these relatives to say that we should be, uh, we should be mitame and, uh, and sit shiva on. Okay. And the same way we're mesabal, kach mesabal al shniim shalahem. We also have avelos al shniim shalahem, which shniim means like an additional step away from being a blood relative. Okay? Now, what's a, what's the Adivi Rabbi Akiva? This is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. We're going to see, we're going to give a list of who these people are, just an additional uh, additional step away. Rabbi Shimon Al-Azhar, Rabbi Shimon al says, You only have some elements of laws of mourning for a son's son, God forbid somebody has a grandson, a son's son that passes away, or a father's father. So my grandfather passes away, there's going to be an element of mourning on that person as well. The Chum say no. Um, anytime, uh, any person who would mourn over him, he is also obligated to mourn for. Okay? So if they were to pass away, um, he were to be obligated to mourn, to be an Avelos. That person, so for, if, if that person is going to sit Shiva, you're also obligated to have Avelos. Let me explain. Let me explain just, just uh, for, the, for the, you know, to get some clarity over here. Um, you have, and I'm going I'm to give like a, a really extreme case. Somebody's obligated to sit Shiva for their son. If they're, now who is their son obligated to sit Shiva for? His wife. Okay? So my daughter-in-law. You have, you have somebody's son who got married. If your son would have to sit Shiva for his wife, when your daughter-in-law dies, you also have an element of mourning. Anybody who, if you would be sitting Shiva on them, they would also, meaning a son, and anybody who they would have to sit Shiva for also is somehow connected to your element of mourning. It is. You clear over here? So if, if something happens to a daughter-in-law, since if something were to happen to my son, I would have to sit Shiva on him. So if something happened to my daughter-in-law, I also need to have an element of mourning for her because my son would have had to sit Shiva. So we're connected. The difference is going to be when you have Imai, a immediate relative, living with him inside the house. Okay? In other words, the difference is going to be whether the person is actually there. According to Rebekiva, you're only going to be, uh, have a chiv to mourn for a, a relative a step away when they're living with you. But according to the Chachamim, uh, it applies no matter what. Uh, even if they're not around, ki hadamar le rav lechia brei rav zet chia son mechen amar rav huna le rabba brei ba apana haygavelusa belay ba apa loytzer gavelusa. In front of them, you're noyegavelus. Not in front of them, there's not noyegavelus. And by the way, people are not aware of this, but there are practical applications of this. 
if you know when uh, it, each situation it's worthwhile speaking to a rav. But I recall, um, you know, when we were sitting shiva for my father, so my kids were too young, but my bro- my siblings' older children, while they were in the house, were conducting themselves with an element of mourning out of respect for the actual mourners. Okay? Also, there's like an element there. But not in front of them. If you're out, you're living somewhere else, huh? there's no chiv. Okay. Maruk v'shachivle bar chamua. Marukva shachivle bar, his sons, uh, it died to his son, chamua, his father-in-law. Okay. So, sovar lemesavalei shiva u'shleishim. He thought that he needs to sit Shiva and Shleishim. Alright? Because now it's like one step away. And the Chum say one step away. There's an obligation of mourning. All Rav Huna legabay Ashkei. Rav Huna went to him and he saw him sitting Shiva. Amr what's what are you doing? So do you know so boys lamechal? Why are you sitting Shiva? Because you walk into a Shiva house and they have good food? <laughs> right? What are you doing? You like the Shiva platters? Like, why are you sitting on the floor? What's happening? Lay Amru, Amar Lay, she says to him, uh, uh, yeah, he said to him, um, do, you, do you try to eat the food? The only time you sit Shiva is out of Kavad for his father in law or his mother in law. But elsewhere, if it's another secondary relative, those people you do not sit Shiva for. Titania, how do you know that? Because we learned in a brisa. Mishames chamiv ay chamaisay. If somebody's father in law passes away, he cannot tell his wife. Listen, I want you know. Uh, let's go out on a date. Get all dressed up. You know, uh, put on your makeup. That's not what you do, right? What happens when your spouse, somebody who's part of you, somebody who's part of your spouse? Is, is, is in pain, is in tzar, is sitting shiva. You're going out to top golf. You're going out to party. No, you, you, you're sitting with them. I'm with you in your pain. And likewise by a wife. Father of what mother-in-law does. It's not time to get all, uh, go shopping and get all dressed up. Get involved in the avelus. You don't sit shiva, mamish, but you right? You're, you're with you're with the, the, the whole mishpacha shows that they're in grief. The Tani Yidach, we have another b'risa that, that taught us. Still, the MS Amru, the truth is, she's allowed to pour, uh, she's allowed to pour his cup for him. Okay? Allowed to prepare uh, his, uh, his drink. Prepare his bed. Back then, now this is not talking about housekeeping. It's not talking about straightening out the blanket. Back then, they used to fluff up the pillows and blankets. The spouses would do that for each other before going to sleep to show affection. Yeah, you could lay your head over here, gishmak a pillow, because of the blanket, they fluff it up. Um, and help him wash his face, hands, and feet. These two things seem to be a, a contradiction because we don't do these things during a regular shiva. But when it's my mother, father, we say you do do it. Well, how am I supposed to conduct myself? Says the Gemara, Shema Mina. You learn out from all of this that the, there's enough Kamina who the secondary relative is. It depends. 
Sometimes secondary relative, there you do involve yourselves in mourning, such as a mother-in-law or father-in-law. Otherwise, not. The reason why we said that when it comes to mother-in-law or father-in-law passing away, that is done out of kavod. Which, by the way, it's worthwhile—not this halacha, but it's worthwhile throwing in the shulchan aruch paskins la halacha. Practically speaking, that kibud aim applies to one's in-laws. All right, so it's not an excuse. Oh, just my mother, just my father-in-law. No, kibbutz having applies to one in, one's in-laws as well. Okay, here we go. Amemar shachivle bar bere. Unfortunately, Amemar lost his son. Kara ilove, so he tore kriya. Also bere kara baape. So, Amemar came and tore. I'm sorry, Amemar shachivle bar bere. Amemar's son's son died. So Amemar's grandson died. Kara ilave. So Amemar tore Kriya. So his son, the father of the Nifter, Asabre, Karabape, he came and he tore Kriya also. Again, uh, Amemar tore Kriya twice when his son uh, came back. Itkar de Miyushiv Kara. But then he remembered that he tore while he was standing. Kara Mohomets, he stood up and now he tore his, his uh, shirt. Or jacket again. This is number three. While he was standing, all right. It's this interesting scenario. Again, Amemar's grandson died. He tore Korea right away. Then his son showed up. He tore Korea again, and then he realized that when he tore Korea again, he was sitting. And apparently, you're supposed to stand, as we're going to see. We're about to see now. So he stood up and tore a third time. Where do you know? Where'd you get from that you're supposed to stand while tearing Kriya? So he says, because it says in the Pasuk, Vayakam Iyoiv, Iyoiv stood up when he heard that his children died, Vayikra and he tore his me'il, he tore his garment. Top of tomorrow's daf, says the Gemara Elamayata, but now, how, why are you telling me it means Bamish to stand up? The Ahmad, and he say, he gets up and he says, I don't want to marry her. Meaning, a Yavam, when a, a husband dies, dies childless, his brother's obligated to take his wife as Yibam. If he doesn't want to, he does Chalitza. What does the brother do? He stands up and he says, I don't want to marry her. Okay? I don't want to marry her. Hachinami, you're going to tell me it means he literally needs to be standing when he says that? Vahatanya, but we learned in a brayza. When the brother does chalitza, we don't care what position he's in. He could be sitting, he could be standing, he could be leaning, there's no difference. So we see that the, the word va'amad is not literal. Amarle, he says, hasam like siv vayam There, it doesn't say, and he should get up and say, that's why you can do whatever you want. Because it doesn't tell you what to do. It just says he stood up. But hacha, but over here, by Avelus, when Eiv stood up, ksiv vayakam. He actively stood up, vayikra, and he tore his garments. And to end off, Amar Rami Barchama, Rami Barchama says, minayin l'kriyashim humad. how do you know that kriya should be done standing? Shenemar vayakam Eiv vayikra. Eiv stood up, stood up, and he tore his garments. Okay, so, so, so we see from here, the halacha, that at the time of Kriya, one should be standing. Hence, Amemar tore for a third time. Again, once when he heard, second when his son showed up, the third time because he realized that when his son showed up, he was sitting and therefore he needed to do it again. Best time we will pick up from Doma 
Tomorrow, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Aguten, Rosh Chodesh, Adar, everybody. Have a wonderful night.